Welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. Uh, I'm Larry Goldman, Chief Analyst with Analysis Mason. Uh, today we're going to do something a bit different. Uh, we're going to talk about space. Uh, the Artemis uh, moon launch has been in the news. And today I have the uh, privilege of talking with Hussein Bukhari, Senior Analyst at Northern Sky Research, which is now part of Analysis Mason. Um, Hussein's been covering the space industry uh, for quite a while, uh, and uh, he's joined me today uh, to talk about the uh, Artemis launch and this overall program and, and what that means uh, in a bigger sense. So uh, thanks for joining me, Hussein. Well, first off, uh, Larry, thank you for, for, for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, NASA has, um, has had two scrubs thus far. Um, and a scrub essentially is uh, is when when you're not able to launch um, based on certain conditions that you have to meet prior to getting off the ground. Um, and this time, what essentially had happened it was a technical um, a software and a hardware uh, glitch in uh, the loading of the fuel, um, the hydrogen fuel port, um, which essentially gave. Um, the the engineers approximately three hours to troubleshoot the problem and you can imagine three hours to troubleshoot a problem for a rocket launch that is the first of its kind was essentially getting nasa and its partners back to the moon or at least around the moon with, with its first launch um that can be a cumbersome task so um unfortunately it didn't go through which essentially meant that now the engineers are going to go back and look at the data they're going to troubleshoot. They're going to go through, you know, engineering steps to figure out um, how to fix that problem. Uh, what they don't know yet, if that if that rocket is going to roll back into the vehicle assembly building rather than staying on the pad. So they're going to be making that decision today or tomorrow and then, you know, come up with the steps to follow um, with their necessary partners on the launch pad to try and get the rocket off the ground. So, yeah. And so uh, the, when's the next step? When do we expect that they'll try again? Um, well, the, the expectation is that they have, um, they have a, approximately 25 days um, that, have been, uh, that have been given to them by uh, the, the launch, launch pad directors and the launch range, which is run by United States Space Force. Um, so they have 25 days. If they don't, if they aren't able to get this done in 25 days, they have to apply for another license and then come back on the launch pad after 25 days. Um, so in the meantime, they have to make a decision whether they're going to continue, you know, fixing this issue um, on the launch pad itself, which is very dangerous, um, and uh, or they're going to take it to a safer place. So yeah. Okay. So this is pretty complicated stuff. Uh, so uh, uh, it is rocket science, as we once said. At any rate, the um, so Hussein, you know, you're not old enough, but I'm old enough to remember uh, the original uh, space program. Growing up uh, in an era of of getting into space, and in fact, I saw the original uh, lunar landings on live on TV black and white. Uh, and, and that went on for a period of time as a, you know, big, uh, you know, attention, a big focus uh, for anybody growing up in that era. Um, and, and we had a few of those missions and, and then that all came to an end. So, and that was 50 years ago. So, you know, what are we, what are we, uh, why, what's different now? 
Uh, well, uh, first, the first thing that's different is that um, we're trying to stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Uh, the folks that have done the impossible with the limitations of the resources, which practically seems seemed impossible at that time, but they did it, which essentially meant that um, we now have the innovations that are required, the technology that is needed, that has taken the leap of 50 years in order for us to get there better, faster, cheaper, um, well, hopefully cheaper. <laughs> That's still a big question mark to be determined. But the other part of this, the, 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 the much bigger part of this is the appetite that commercial industry that can bring in to support the government entity in getting these programs off the ground. Commercialization, it's, we've had 50 years to work on ensuring that those businesses are ready and fully fledged. Okay. So here we've been talking about this first launch, but in fact, you know, this is just one step in a number of steps to have these lunar missions. So what is sort of the bigger program there? Yeah, so NASA currently, um, this is the Artemis 1 launch. Uh, NASA has two consecutive launches that it's aiming to do in 2024 and 2025. Those will be um, those will be crewed launches. Both of them will be crewed launches with the latter Artemis 3rd launch to be to get folks, astronauts on the surface of the moon. Um, and in between these few phases, NASA is conducting a list of commercial missions, what are known as commercial lunar payload services program. Um, and through the support of commercial ent entities and private entities on the ground, NASA is going to take a set of science and technology payloads to test their feasibility, their robustness, and their other, other factors associated with engineering to to get there before astronauts are on the surface of the moon. So when astronauts are there, they're able to do everything with a seamless integration into um, into 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 the society, into back back into the back into the moon environment. Fifty years ago, it was about science and and exploration and so forth. But now it's different, isn't it? Now now there's really there actually maybe what we call down to earth impacts uh, of what's going on. So so talk a little bit about that, Hussein. Yeah, I mean um, a lot of a lot of those impacts that need to need to facilitate. Uh, or have some sort of value add into uh, back to Earth. And we kind of analyzed that in our moon markets analysis report that uh, uh, Northern Sky Research, uh, you know, is in the second edition of or in the second year of. We talk a little bit about that, what those resources are. You know, NASA is taking everything to test, but how does that come back? It comes back by establishing better processes, establishing better capabilities to communicate thoroughly to be able to transfer data back and forth um, between the Earth and the Moon, which essentially leads to a larger capability to be able to utilize on the surface of the on the surface of Earth. And how that essentially means that from point A to point B, wherever you are on this globe, you'll be able to communicate faster, you'll be able to communicate better with less you know, uh, elements of restriction. And how will we get that done? We'll get that done after we have gone to the moon and tested this technology. Um, and, and this is what's happening right now. But that's not only it. Um, 
NASA is going back for resources. And what those resources are, which we are in limitation of, are those key elements that are needed to take our society into the next gen, into the next, into the next, to the next level. Um, so NASA is going to try and mine, um, some use cases, um, on the surface of, on the surface of the moon by using its, uh, its sand like, um, structure, uh, the regolith, which is consisted of hundreds of different types of materials. Um, and those materials can be extracted and used for purposes like fuel, um, like technology, uh, manufacturing and other source, other, other, other examples as well. So going back to the moon at the moment right now is very critical for us because we are resources indisposed. We are, we have to think about the climate. We have to think about other variables. So now getting back to the moon will help us take a different direction and take a look at it from a different perspective. Okay. And you know, the moon, it's, it's, it's a different environment, right? No atmosphere. Um, uh, there's things you can do there. They're hard to do because, you know, there's no atmosphere. But on the other hand, they allow for things to be done differently uh, with maybe lower uh, gravity, uh, no atmosphere blocking uh, solar and so forth. So there are things that, 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 that people are hoping to exploit from the point of view of it's, it's a unique environment, right? Yes, absolutely. Power is one of those biggest things that we're trying to understand. And as part of the first early missions, uh, there will be there will be missions um, of these early set of missions. There will be some that will be that will try to maximize solar power and to store it and to even perhaps go as far as beam it to other places on the moon so you can have a real transfer of power. And we know how important solar power is. Uh, to to us as human beings, especially with the growing population. So yeah. Well, I think there's a, an awful lot of there's excitement in this. It's it is uh, yet yet the the new frontier, uh, but it's also a lot of practical things that could uh, come of it. So very interesting things, and I think that's it's. I think it's great that you've been doing this uh, research and will be obviously doing it uh, in the years ahead. So uh, what are your last thoughts about this, Hussein, as we're sort of at this interesting juncture? Yeah, um, I think, you know, to, to say the, to 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 shorten this uh, and say that NASA has a lot on the line with this with this program and NASA and its partners want this program to go as successful as it can to establish uh, a foot on the surface of the moon, or at least get that foot back per se. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a commercial a commercial play in this. There are hundreds of commercial entities that are involved, private companies that are um, supporting NASA to lead this technology forward from communications all the way to resource extraction. You can fit anywhere within the value chain. And you just have to think about where you belong with the strengths and um, and and, and uh, capabilities that you possess as an entity. So I think, you know, the, this is to saying sky is not the limit. So it's endless. So yes. Well, that's great. Uh, I think it's really exciting. Uh, thanks uh, very much, Hussein, for, for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And we're finished for now.